Welcome to the Normalizing Millions podcast. I'm a mama of two little girls, owner of a seven-figure and growing coaching company, and I'm your host, Taylor Lee. My mission is to normalize women making millions from work that feels absolutely effortless. Your work changes lives, and with my help getting it into the hands of more people, your life can radically change too. Just don't blink, because with the right tools and advice, all of which me and my incredible guests will share with you in each and every episode, it can change fast. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hi, you guys. We're just waiting a minute for Kate to get here. Um, I'm chatting with Kate Scudder today on um, scaling to multi-millions while having multiple babies. So here she is. Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to chat today. Oh my God. I'm so pumped for it too. It's so good. I'm coming at you from my new office. So the Wi-Fi has been a little sketch today, but I'm hoping it just stays good. Oh, no worries. Yes. You're in your new, your new house. How are, how is it? Oh my God. It's amazing. It's so funny, Taylor. I feel like every time I look at you and like your new animals and you're like also 11 acres, I'm like, are we just the same person like living in two different places? It's so crazy, isn't it? I know it's like, it's crazy. I love it. It's so beautiful. Um, To me that we still have never met in person, even though we've like collaborated so much and have so, so many beautiful overlaps and parallels. It's so beautiful to be on this journey with you and to have, yeah, so much overlap and synergy. And what's really crazy too, is I, um, I have a couple interviews for this year that we're doing on the podcast with people I've talked to before. And so I've been trying to make sure I pull up like what episode we did last so we can tell people. And this is crazy to me because I think right now I'm on episode like easily like 160 or something, right? And you were episode 58 (laughs) on my podcast, which feels like a lifetime ago. And it is called Scaling to Multiple Six Figures with Kate Scudder. (laughs) I love that. Well, boom, here we are, baby. Remix. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. It is so crazy. So Um, Like I said before you hopped on, I'm so excited to be chatting with Kate Scudder today about scaling to multiple millions now um, while also being a mama. And Kate has a little girl and she's also, I mean, your due date's like right around the corner, right? Right around the corner. So podcast people, you can't see this. Instagram people, here's a live bump shot. (laughs) We are so pregnant up in here. Um, I'm 30. I'm 30. Six weeks tomorrow. So I'm like, just make it to tomorrow, baby, and we can have our home birth. Um, That's the threshold here in Maine anyway. So yeah, um, anytime. But yeah, I'm definitely very much in the the end of the last trimester. And um, Ella will be 20 months older than her little sibling. We don't know if it's a boy or girl yet. It's a surprise. So yeah, we're so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. Yep. And we're like, right, just a bit ahead of you with that because Ruby and Lucy are like literally 23 months apart. <laughs> I love that. So good. We, I actually yeah. found out on Ella's birthday, I, we were in Santorini and I was late on my period and I'm like, babe, I really just want to take a test. And he's like, take a test. And I will never forget that night. Like seeing the double line because I had been, anyway, we weren't going to go into the story, but here we are. Um, I, we'd been trying for a couple of months before that. And I'd been like, I, the amount of money that I spent on pregnancy tests, Taylor, Toby was like, can you just not? Because like you, you're wasting a lot of money. Like I probably took like seven tests per cycle and I'm like no it must be wrong I'm like shaking it but this one was such a different energy it was just like I'm a couple days late like wouldn't that be cool and it was like oh my god Ella's birthday like it was just so magical and yeah to be like here we go again but um yeah it's so it's gonna be wild to have the two under two and the whole thing I know you know it well Yes. Oh, I'm so excited for you. That's so beautiful. Um, 
What about, will you take just a second to just share with people, maybe just a little bit about your journey, your timeline um, of getting to this point in your business and life? Yes, a hundred percent. So I know you shared on Instagram before we went live here um, that a store, a post that I did, which was kind of like the highlights, right? But yeah. I started my business five years ago, um, not to the day, but to the month. I, I can't remember which day. I didn't write down the actual birthday. I should have. But um, May 2017, I was living in Bali. I was working actually as a technical writer for a software company at the time because I went to Bali for like a yoga training and much more of the, you know, yummy feminine stuff. But um and fell in love, met Toby, that's a whole thing. But I knew I wanted to stay, but I didn't, I was running out of money. I had completely run out of money and I was terrified. And I was like, I need to leave to the point of even leaving my engagement ring on a table, booking a flight out of Bali, like wanting to run away and be, and coming to the very harsh realization of like, you are not going back because you desire to go back. You're, you're running away because you're scared, you're scared of what you don't know. And you're scared of staying on the relationship front, on the career front. And so I made the decision to stay and to figure it out. And um, what that did not look like was, and then I had a six figure business that was thriving and da, da, da. it was like, okay, so what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I can't waitress because Bali, like you can't do that in Bali. I can't nanny. So what am I going to do? And so I got a remote job. So anyone who's listening, who's like side hustling, that is what I did to begin. Um, there is no shame in that unless we have some, you know, like epic inheritance, which I did not have. Um, what do you, what else are you going to do? So that's what I did. And I, Taylor, like, I spent probably a year watching and it's funny because I think about myself then and watching other women who had successful brands and businesses and thinking at that point and this was like 2016 I'm too late to the coaching industry like it's all been done and now I feel like literally like I'm like holding down the nursing home I feel like <laughs> such grandma um, of the coaching industry because I've been doing this for five years and it's yeah. just exploded as you know over the last five years but it's interesting guys because all of us tell ourselves the story there's already people doing this she's already amazing why would I need to come into the space everything's already been done blah 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 that was very real for me back then and it took me that long to really get to the point of being like, well, you know, you don't want to do this job forever. It's paying the bills now. It's let me save up a little bit of a nest egg, but like, what are you waiting for? What, like literally, what are you waiting for? And if not now, when, and you know, of course I was terrified of putting myself out there, terrified of what people would think, terrified of investing in myself because up until that point I'd worked in the paradigm of like, we receive money in exchange for our labor. Um, and, that's how it all happens. And so I finally got myself, I hired a couple of different coaches. I joined a mastermind and in, it, it basically like pushed me out of the nest and was like, all right, flap your wings, sister, because you're, you're done here. And when that mastermind ended, one of our things was like, press play on your business, like it's time to go. And so that's what I did. And we scaled, um, relatively quickly in our first year we scaled to i think it was like 110 or something thousand 108,000 in our first year so we hit six figures in our first year um we had a press feature after that shortly after that we were featured in forbes toby and i started traveling a lot the business really started to take off i think we crossed multiple six figures in like 18 months and it's just been a snowball of momentum since then um like i said that's been five years now we've generated multiple millions in the company um are on track for our first multiple million dollar cash year this year and it's, I mean, what else to say? We've got a podcast. We've served so many clients. Our clients over the last uh, five years that we've been doing this have generated over $15 million. And I just think, you know, one of the things that I'm the most proud of in my business and in, in my company is being able to like look at the ripple effect, not only of what our clients have been able to achieve, but also like the work that they're now doing with their clients and their clients' clients and how much 
how easy it is to think in a moment of, should I go for this or should I not? Should I let myself do this business and be visible and put myself out there or should I not? Um, we think it's just about us when in reality, like we are altering the trajectory of so many people's lives when we let ourselves actually get out there, be seen, do the good work, freaking go for it. Um, so it's just been a beautiful journey. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, of course, I want to talk to you about motherhood and business. And I have lots to talk about. I mean, I feel like you and I could like just sit here all day and, and chat about that. Totally. But I mean, tell us a little bit about that transition for you. Because I think right now, um, I think right now there's a lot of, I'm seeing people left and right getting pregnant. <laughs> totally. So straightforward. In I feel the like air. So many, so many, yeah so many women in business are ready to start their families. And I know there's a lot too, who, you know, it's, it's in their mind for the future. Like for you, what were some of the biggest, like, um, transitions, changes, things you had to navigate because you already had a business just like I did. That's another way we're really similar. And then in comes a baby and being a new mom. What was that like for you? Oh my God. So with my first, I remember, I will never forget when I, we had recently moved to LA, we moved to LA December 19th, got pregnant on January 1st. And I found out like in the middle end of January. And um, I remember being so elated, so happy. Toby and I, my husband and I were just at the point where we were so calling that in. Um, and we were very blessed and got pregnant on our first try. We weren't, it was like not even our first active try. I didn't even know I was ovulating. It was like our first time try, not trying not to. Yeah. Uh, and this little being, Ella was like, mom coming in. Um, but I remember being on the phone with one of my coaches, like very, like that day or the next day and like crying my eyes out and being like, I have built the wrong business. Like I am mm -hmm. fucked. Like, I just remember being like, red alert, we are in a bad place. It wasn't even just like a mindset thing, Taylor. Like there was like an actual like nervous system hijacking that had gone on that was in my body that was like, I genuinely believed that this was the end of the line and that I would no longer make any money as soon as Ella was born. Like, which it sounds so crazy to me now. And like, spoiler alert, that's not what ended up happening. Um, but I really believed that in the moment. And I think a lot of mamas feel that like whether you don't have a business yet or you have started a business and feel like, oh God, this is going to change everything. And the reality is that becoming a mom does change everything, but it also just like adds another person to like what is already happening. And like, yes, it's more work. Yes, there's like a small human life that is part of you that lives outside of you that you like have to deal with and get to deal with and is like the best thing ever. But you don't have to change your business model. You don't have to like rewrite. And that I wish somebody had said that to me in my pregnancy because my coach at the time was not a mom. And, um, you know, we worked through a lot of those beliefs and whatever, but I just, I wish somebody said that to me, like, no, yeah. you don't need to change your whole business model. What you're going to need is like probably some help with childcare. And that is absolutely true. <laughs> and that is one of the biggest things that has enabled us to continue to scale and grow and serve our existing clientele. Um, but like, you don't need to radically change your whole business model. Uh, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things for me too, with my first pregnancy. It felt like I was just like on this countdown to Ruby being born and feeling like once she was here, like it, it was done for, cause how would, how would I ever take another coaching call again? And, <laughs> and, totally. and the, the thing with the courses and the passive income, like for some reason, I just thought like being a coach was like not an option as a mom. And I yes. think we seem to forget, like, I mean, there's moms who go work nine to fives or even more um, demanding jobs than that as moms. And for some, maybe that's not aligned. And for some it is, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little humorous looking back, but I agree. Like looking back to my first pregnancy, that's like my biggest like regret. If you want to call it as like, I wish I would have just like relaxed and realized it wouldn't be that different. There'd be a way. I was just saying that I wish I hadn't spent ex like expended that emotional energy worrying about 
how everything was going to fall apart or worrying about like how this now meant that we were in some, you know, terrible, drastic place. Like what it actually meant was, Hey, you're about to go through something that you've never been through before. And you're about to welcome a new human and you don't know what that's going to be like. But like, I think that one thing, and you're, you are so right in what you just shared about how there are moms who go back to an office who have to put on freaking a pantsuit at six months postpartum. And like your girl over here was rocking sweatpants well into like, let's be honest, have I really stopped? No. Um, <laughs> like, no. Um, but yeah, like it, what, what I wasn't anticipating, I think I had this like mental story and I built it up to be something that it wasn't. And well, yes, there, we were navigating like breastfeeding and the rhythm of now having another person and how Toby and I managed that as a couple, like there were a lot of adjustments, but as far as going back to work, it was literally like opening my phone, opening my computer, starting to like talk to my clients again, talk to Instagram again, and slowly record podcasts again. And it really wasn't that like that jarring. And the, the one thing that I am so adamant about, and I really want anyone who is listening to hear this, is that what made it actually more easeful is having support. We think about as business owners and especially at like the seven figure level, know that we need support. We need people on our teams. We need mentors in our corner. We need people that we can lean on to support us in execution. As a mom, I think the biggest thing, like if there if there is one, I don't believe in like secrets to success at all. Um, but if there is one thing that I can say so confidently that has been a pivotal, non-negotiable key to my success, it has been having help and having support, having support at home, having childcare, um, my, you know, friend village and community village here. Um, but like, particularly like hiring people to be in the home and support us, like has been so, so huge. And I think that again, when I found out I was pregnant, I wasn't really considering that that was an option. I was, I was kind of like, we're going to have to keep going as we are here. And I think a lot of women feel that. And there's so many reasons for that. The mom guilt, somebody else watching my kid, that means I'm not a good parent. Like, and I see, and now we have, we have full-time childcare, in-home childcare um, with a nanny. And I see Ella multiple times a day. I like roll around on the rug with her between, you know, calls or meetings. I'm like, I spend every single morning with her. Um, every single afternoon we go for a walk. Like I'm with her all the time, but during the day I'm working and I get to do what I love. And I am so happy that I really worked through um, the, the story that that was, somehow not okay or somehow that made me a bad mom or somehow that made me putting my career first um, because what it's actually doing is letting me feel my most fulfilled passionate you know on fire aligned in what I'm spending my time on and so when I'm parenting I am like the best mom that I can be I love that so much and this is why I loved your podcast episode that you just did on, on your podcast um, about like your maternity leave plan. I was like, yes, in the whole episode. Cause I like just related to everything you said. And one thing that you said was that one of the most detrimental things to mothers is all of the shoulds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Yes, that it's because, you know, it doesn't even really matter what you said about your maternity leave plan. I mean, we could talk about that a little if we wanted, but it doesn't even matter. It's like, it gets to be exactly what you want it to be. Same thing with, with childcare um, and help, help with your babies at home. It's like, or daycare or whatever you'd want, right? Or, or maybe totally. having a family member, it doesn't even matter. It's like, I think there's so many ways that other other people are telling us it should look and even like even from taking my own responsibility around things like that it's like just things that I was thinking people would think 
Yes. Like I was oh causing God. a lot of that drama, you know? Totally. Oh, it's so true. And man, we can talk about this as it relates to maternity leave and what people think. So yeah, go listen to the episode if you're interested in hearing what we're doing. And a lot of the shoulds, like there are definitely shoulds of, you know, I didn't take any maternity leave. All I had to do was open my phone. So like, let me just get right back to it. And so I definitely had to navigate as I was thinking about this postpartum, what kind of space do I want to create? I knew I didn't want to take no maternity leave. That did not feel good to me at all. But I also knew, and on the other side, I had many women in my life, um, you know, some even like really close friends who were like, I hope you're going to take at least four months off. And I'm like, I'm definitely not going to take four months off. Like that, that, that does not sound good to me. I don't want to do that. Um, I would actually, I know myself and I think if I took four months off, I would be much more likely to, um, get depressed and start to feel like lost and start to feel really overwhelmed. Not because I don't know how to just be a mom or just be with my baby. And I'm doing that in air quotes, if you're listening to this on the podcast. Um, but because that, like, I, I just know myself and what I, I, one of the things that I shared, I had, and I did a podcast episode a long time, like whatever, 19 months ago, I guess now on my story with Ella, we had a really different delivery than what we wanted. We had a really rough postpartum period. I got mastitis twice in the first month postpartum, ended up in the hospital. It was like not fun times. Um, and, but one of the things, even with that experience being so challenging that I think really supported me was having the ability to go back to work and loving what I do, not from a place of force or should, but from a place of get to. And so this time, yeah, we're, I'm going to, I've told my clients, like I'm taking between three and six weeks off. I'm going to start to phase back in. I'm going to be back in Voxer first, starting to lead calls, like, and I'm giving this window and like. Also, I'm working up until literally the time that my water breaks because last time I took two weeks off before my due date because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And Ella was two weeks later. And um, it turns out that four weeks was the hardest of the pregnancy by far because I was literally just twiddling my thumbs on the couch. And I'm like... I don't want to do that this time. I want to be engaged. I want to be working. I want to not just be obsessing about, I hope this birth goes well. I hope this happens. I hope whatever. I just want to be in my flow and in my life. And again, all of that is what is right personally for me. That is not to say, if you are listening to this, that this is what you should do. I think it's so interesting as women, how we can default our power to other sources so instinctually without even recognizing that we're doing it. Um, so yeah, that whole episode is really just about like coming back, permission to do it your way. And that relates to so many things other than maternity leave. It relates to childcare. It relates to breastfeeding. It relates to um, screen time, like whatever, whatever the thing is, like we are inundated with shoulds as moms. And I think one of the things that's helped me develop a lot of confidence both as a, a mompreneur, like a business owner and mom, but also as a mother, just in my mothering role, is like truly acknowledging that I know best. I know what is best for me. I know what is best for my child. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. What you're planning to do is like basically what I did. And it was like, it was perfect because it felt so flexible. And I think honestly, like, if there's anything we should do as moms, it's allow flexibility and allow yourself to experience the experience and then make decisions along the way. Because as you and I both know, like every single thing is so unknown. Even, um, I thought like maybe having my second, in some ways it's been so much easier because there are some things we were like a little more chill about, been there, done that, you know, I mean, when I had Ruby, I was like, I don't even know how to hold a baby. <laughs> like, I was yeah, like, so totally. Sick. I know. Or like the breastfeeding decisions. I'm like football. I'm like, I, am I going to like toss her back to Toby? Like what the hell does football mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so some things were a little easier, but even with some baby, it's like, I don't, they, 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 she, they could be completely opposite of each other and they are go figure. <laughs> like everything's yeah. different. Um, but I, I think that is like such a good permission slip for women. It's like, just let yourself feel it out. Whether you're thinking about 
um, maternity leave or anything. Even, like you have to, you have to yeah. surrender in birth. You have to surrender with breastfeeding. You have to surrender with everything in parenting and, you know, see how it goes and make your decisions from there. And I, and I love what you said too. Like, it's such a powerful experience too. And just like learning to surrender and also just learning to trust yourself. I think that's something I've been so much better with my second is like, there were so many things with my first where I was like, I had knowings of things I wanted to do and didn't want to do, but I just did everything I felt like I was supposed to do. And this time I'm like, no, I'm just doing everything that I feel that knowing around. And it's easier too. Cause now I'm like, well, you know, I can't mess them up too much. Like <laughs> they're, they're going to be but, fine either totally. way. Like, I might as well trust be, myself. You will be fine. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was so interesting with that. I feel I had a really similar experience. One difference is that I, I felt like I knew what was best for Ella and, um, and did that, but I had so much, like, I didn't question in terms of like, should I do this? But what I really let myself feel, I feel like I had way, um, I don't want to say worse, but like, I feel like my, my boundaries, my energetic boundaries in terms of other people's projections and perceptions, like really, and I have so much compassion for myself. Like, I think this is so normal as moms, plus hello, like hormones and, um, like a big one for me, for example, was with, um, like breastfeeding and Ella, we had issues with breastfeeding. I did breastfeed her for about three months and then she stopped, um, she stopped latching. And I knew that I really wanted her to have my breast milk. And so I pumped and I pumped pretty much exclusively for like 11 months. We did add some formula in at the end, but I decided that like, that's what I was going to do. And whether it was, you know, moms who gave their kids formula who were like, why are you doing that? That is so unnecessary mm -hmm. perception of like, you are just grinding it out. Who are you trying to impress kind of energy? And then on the other side, like, you know, well-meaning um, people who would say like, like that, oh God, that seems so, and you know, if we were like out to a meal or whatever would kind of be like, oh, and I was like there with my like, you know, fembot boobs, like pumping with the sound, just like taking a sip and zoom, 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 like over <laughs> here, away. Um, I felt like I was making them uncomfortable because, and yeah. I had this big story of like, you know, the world, like some people are shitty, but a lot, most people that we would probably hang out with would be like, oh, beautiful. She's breastfeeding her baby. If she was in a room, it felt to me so much more shameful to be pumping. Like it was less socially acceptable. It was less yeah. cute, like much more like, what are you doing? Um, and so I, I really struggled with that. I struggled not with knowing that that was the right choice, but I struggled with my confidence in that decision. And this time around, I'm just like, whatever, baby. Like, I really feel that I, I feel so much more, not only confidence in knowing that I know what's best, but just like, I do not give a fuck. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm here for it. I love it. And um, I feel like motherhood just teaches you so much. Sometimes I feel so corny. It's not, it's not going to end, but sometimes I'm like, Taylor, when are all the examples in your business oh. going to stop being about pregnancy, motherhood, and birthing? <laughs> I literally, I think the same thing all the time. I'm like, if my clients hear me talk about expansion and contraction one more time, they're going to throw a brick at my face. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what's terrible is that's what I want to ask you about. Because I've been seeing those posts, and I know <laughs> I what you're working on behind the scenes, preparing for your home birth and this experience. I'm so excited for you. And I feel the energy in those posts and I just think like, it just teaches you so much. So I would love to hear like, um, I kind of want to ask you about both experience. I know you're like in this experience right now, but what would you say is, I know it's just hard, it's on the spot, but whatever comes through is perfect for what people need to hear. Like with, with Ella, what do you think is the, in the early, like between like birth, newborn, that type of phase, like I, I can't. I, I actually, I feel like I need to talk about that birth. Um, yeah. The biggest lesson is about surrender. And that might sound, again, very cliche. But for me, what I mean by that is, so when I was in the birth, so let's talk about this. Ella went 41 and 6, so basically two weeks past her due date. Um, 
we were planning a home birth, uh, everything set up. I remember when my water broke at like 4.30 in the morning, I was like, oh, I peed my pants. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No, I didn't. My water just broke. And I was so excited by that point. I was just yeah. like, oh my God, baby beluga in the deep blue sea. I was just so ready to be done. Um, but I went into the bathroom and I was like, oh, but like, I didn't think it was supposed to be a color. It was like green. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I didn't really know what that meant. And then I read my midwife sheet and it was like, here are the things to do. Here's when you call us. Um, call us immediately if like your water breaks and it's like green or brown. And I was like, oh God. Um, and I was like kind of freaking out and I didn't know what it meant. And so of course I Googled it. Don't do that moms. Don't Google anything, especially when you are in labor, like do get the fuck off of Google. Um, so anyway, I learned that that meant that there was like meconium in the water and that that could be a sign Thankfully for Ella, she was completely fine, so healthy, no problem, but that can be a sign that the baby is in distress. And so at least in our midwife's practice, that is like a contraindication. Um, you You can't have a home birth then. You have to go into the hospital, a hospital with a NICU in the event that there is, you know, the baby does aspirate meconium, um, and needs intervention. So again, we thankfully didn't require any of that, but we had to go in. So I didn't have a hospital bag packed. Um, Sarah, our midwife like came over and then we had and like checked me and I was like three centimeters dilated. I was started in early labor, um, packing a hospital bag. We like carpooled as in like she drove ahead of us. She got lost on the highway. Like it was just, I was so not in the like hypnobirthing, like zen state that I thought I was going to be in. And I, so with all of that, again, a lot of self-compassion, I entered that pregnancy in like a very tense, uh, sorry, that delivery in a very tense way. Like I felt like everything was wrong. I felt like I had done something wrong. I felt like I had done something wrong that she was quote unquote late. Ladies, your dude is not like your homework is due by this date. That's how like this Enneagram three over here interpreted that. So I felt like I was doing something wrong. Like I must, you know, need to make more of the spicy pasta dishes. I must need to have more sex. I must need to go on more walks or jump on more trampolines. Like what am I doing wrong that she's not here yet? Um, And I really felt that. And it Mm -hmm. was so, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think that going into the, delivery with that feeling of I'm doing this wrong. This is happening in the wrong way. Um, We were able to have a vaginal unmedicated delivery after 26 hours of labor. Um, But it was, it was definitely not pain-free and struggle-free. I was resisting every step along the way. I was like, begging them for an epidural and a C-section at the end. When she came out, she came out in like one screaming fell swoop. I had a third degree tear. I had, you know, we didn't have a golden hour after I was in surgery, like getting stitched up after that. So it was just not what I thought it was going to be. And I really think that so much of that experience was because, and I remember turning to Toby at one point in labor, not knowing at the time, oh, this is a stage in labor called transition. When you hit a thing called the birth wall, that is a very much a thing. Like I thought I am doing this wrong. And I remember bursting into tears, Taylor, because I felt a ton of shame. I'm like, I coach women on mindset for a living. And here I am. And my, like, I can't do this, but like, I actually can't do this. And feeling like there is some, it's like making me teary just thinking about that. I will never forget turning to Toby and being like, like so many of my friends said to me, you know, when you feel like you can't do it, that's when you're going to meet your baby. Um, But I was just like, no, like that was the truth for them. But like, I'm never going to get her out. Like, I can't do this. And what I am so grateful for from that experience and moving into this next birth is that I was trying to orchestrate the whole thing from the control tower of my head. And just like with birth, like we do not birth our babies from our minds. We do not birth our babies from our 
control. We birth our babies from our instinctual animal body wisdom, just like we digest a freaking hamburger without telling our bodies what to do. Our bodies know how to birth a baby. And I think about how this relates to business so much because I think so much of the time we get into this, like, what is wrong? Find the problem, identify the problem, figure out what I'm doing wrong that other people are doing right. We like otherize ourselves and we start to make the experience so much harder than it needs to be. And one of the big themes that I have been exploring in my own business as it relates to um, clients, as it relates to, you know, just seasonality and cyclicality in our businesses is the wisdom of contraction and expansion. And I'm honestly like so excited to have another opportunity to go into labor and to, you know, birth because I feel like my own relationship to contraction, like once the contraction started to get really intense with Ella, I was like, holy shit, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I thought I was just supposed to be like in a yoga class breathing right now. And like, this is fucking intense. And so my mental association was, this is hard. And so I started using my breath to almost like dissociate from the intensity as opposed to allow it in. And I think about this in business, right? When we have like a launch that doesn't go well, when we have a lower income month, how easy is it for us to tense up and feel like, fuck, 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 fuck. This is wrong. I'm doing it wrong. This isn't supposed to happen. No, no, no. It's going the wrong way. And the more that we're in that energetic of resistance, the more that we're in the energetic of problem, 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 the more we create a problem as opposed to being like, whoo, this is a wave right now. And like, what is it like? Can I surrender to this wave? Can I trust that this is not going to be like this forever and that it's going to release and that on the other, it's actually moving me to a greater expansion and I just, I, yeah, so that's a long answer to your question. That is hands down, like the, the potency of surrender and embracing intensity, contraction, discomfort as a part of the process of growth. So freaking good. I love everything that you just said. That is so powerful. And one thing that you said earlier on in that story, like about going late, like side note, I went late both times and this, with Lucy, I thought I was like, I was like, I already know I'm probably going to go late. I went late the first time. I know it's normal. I'm not going to worry about it. As soon as I'm 40 weeks, I was like, it was more like I should start worrying. I should start worrying. Cause then you kind of, I mean, it's different everywhere, but it almost feels like, Hey, now I have a countdown, right? Like if I don't, if, if I hit 42 weeks here, like then I can't do it. And so that was, that was hard. I only went four days over and it felt like I went four weeks over because all day, every day I was like, I should be worrying. I should be worrying. And every, it's like anyone who knows you're overdue is like, have you done this? Have you done that? Just do this. As soon as I did this, I went into labor. Just do this, just do this. And it's like, no. And, and, and I think we do experience that in our businesses too. Like there's, there's, everyone has a different answer and there's shiny objects everywhere and there's free trainings popping up on your feed through ads all the time. And it's great to sign up for stuff and to learn and to have mentorship and all that. But I think it's like, know your goal, know your vision, know what you're really committed to. Like you're doing all the things. I know you've worked with a coach and I'm sure you have your, your birth team and all that, like you, you're doing all the things. So you don't have to look outside and be like, okay, what else do I do to make sure this happens? Like, no, just do what you're doing and surrender. Yeah. Because actually doing all those extra things can slow it down. Even going over your due date. It's like, well, now you're doing all this stuff and now your body is exhausted. Like, yes. it doesn't want to do it. Like, it's so <laughs> interesting that you just brought that up of like the birth team and support because one, like it's so like the analogies between preparing for birth and like scaling to million, multiple millions is like, so the same, right? Like yeah. I'm like with my birth coach and with my birth team, 90% of what we are doing is energetic and mindset. And 10% of what we're doing is totally like, cool. These are the like practical, tactical hands-on positions that Toby can do to you in labor. This is a thing called a peanut ball. Get this because it can help you dilate. You know, like they're, they're like definitely like practical, structural, strategic things that 
by investing in support and having a team, I'm like, I feel so much more empowered with, and it's really supporting me. But like, all of the work that I'm in, all of the investment and mentorship is like turning me back to my own power. And I think like how freaking true in that is business in business, especially, you know, when you're scaling, maybe it's your first like six figures or you're building foundations. There's a lot of like, you know, structural shit that you need to like get into place. But when you're scaling from like, I don't know, multiple six figures to seven figures or even seven figures to multiple seven figures, like it's mostly inner work and definitely some like tactical and logistical and whatever tweaks and making sure your offer suite lines up and you've got the right team infrastructure to help you execute and like all of that it's true you definitely need that and that's clutch like if i just had mindset work but didn't know um some of these practical things for the birth like i think i would feel a bit more wobbly um yeah. but it's 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 mostly that. And I think that's such an interesting analogy. And I've never thought about that before until you just reflected that, like, as it relates to, to birth and to business, like we want the most support in our corners that we can have, but not support that's trying to override your innate knowing support that is there to return you to you so that you can do what you are born to do. Yes. And it, it reminds me too, like my, when I share the story of like my first business coach, like she taught me, I knew nothing about being a coach. So she taught me everything I knew about being a coach at that point. But the really valuable part about working with her was that she was the only person who was holding this vision with me and believed in me. Like sometimes more than I believed in myself. It's like, are you sure? Are you sure someone will pay that? Are you sure I can do that? And I like, for whatever reason, I just say, I was like, I was delusional enough back then. I just believed her. She's like, hell yeah, someone will pay you that. I'm like, okay. Totally. And same thing with, with my own birth team was I was really grateful. I had people on my team that weren't so much about like, okay, you're overdue. Do this, do this, do this, do this, get this baby out. Like, I remember my midwife was like, yeah, yeah you're overdue. I know. It's fine. Like ours just too. Having and I that was believes like, in you. Totally. A hundred percent. And like the last birth, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of that. Like, what do you got? Get out, get out the, give me into the drug cabinet. Like, what have you got? Black <laughs> okay, let's go. Like, what do you got? Castor oil? Are we there yet? Like I was fully like, but again, it was, I, I'm laughing about it now, but I, I was totally in the like gripping the F out of the steering wheel. And that experience i'm so grateful for it and i'm so grateful for the whole thing even it working out not how we wanted because i'm approaching this so differently and i really think it's allowed me to approach my business differently as well like when something doesn't go well like we had a launch this year um i talk to clients about this all the time we had a launch earlier this year um i launched a program called minted about money and i was just like this program is fucking sick. Everyone's going to buy it. Um, who wouldn't want to invest a couple thousand dollars to like learn how to like maximize the fuck out of their money and turn money into wealth. Like I don't need to like hardly launch this. And so we didn't plan a big launch around it and we didn't have um, a whole like big strategy. I didn't launch in the way that I teach launching. And I was freaking, and we didn't have, it was like not a great launch for us. I think we had like 11 people or something sign up and I was expecting like over 50 and I was like, I was pissed. I was, and then I was like sad. And then I was like, I'm doing it wrong. And then I was like in the spiral of, well, maybe we just don't do short burst programs. Maybe that's not our thing. Maybe the dead, right? Like, and I'm just being super transparent with you guys here. Cause I think it's so important to know, like, yeah, you can be super successful and also have launches that don't go well. Um, and one of the big takeaways for me with that though, was like, oh, like, huh this, okay, this feels like a super tense contraction. I freaking hate this. I love getting shit right and slaying and whatever, but I'm also like, okay, what am I, how can I embrace this? How can I soften this? Like my birth coach talks about like welcoming the intensity of contractions, like a bear hug. Like how can I welcome in the intense, dis, intense discomfort of this launch not going well with an embrace rather than resistance, rather than making myself wrong, rather than making my audience wrong or my team or, or placing any blame outside. Like, can I just embrace this as somehow a lesson that I don't even really know what it means yet, 
but this is happening and I'm, I have two choices. I can be in resistance or I can embrace it. And that distinction has been so key for me in my business because when we're in resistance, we think we're trying to like solve problems, but we can't solve any problems when we're in a state of resisting what is happening. And when I just like let that be what it was, embraced it, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden we then made more money because we didn't, the launch was the launch. But what it did allow me to do was be like, okay, so what, what did this teach us about like my own expectations and, um, and execution of this launch? What did this teach me in terms of how marketing a you know, $2,000 program is different from marketing a $25,000 program, which I do all the time? Um, what, what is this teaching me about opportunities for growth and opportunities to allow myself to get better at this? And that has just been so beautiful. And so it just took so much pressure off. And I think anytime we can remove the pressure valve, whether it's in birth, with our babies, in business, um, we're on the right track. My gosh, so good. And I think that's another piece of like surrendering to it, softening it, trusting it is there's all these million dollar lessons inside of just like everything. And for me, I mean, just like the last seven years, every single thing that's happened, when I can look back in hindsight to all the things that haven't worked or didn't go the way I wanted, and there's these million dollar lessons inside of them. And then in the moment, this is always what the regret is. Not that I did the launch wrong or not that that thing didn't go to plan. It's always how much I stressed about it or worried yeah. about it or made a oh, huge, made it mean stuff about me is always the like, why did I do that? Why did I waste my time doing that? Um, Cause it's always so, so, so valuable, you know? And when I hear your story of, about the launch, it's funny, like, I don't know how you felt in the moment, but I know for a lot of people in a launch like that, it's like, what am I doing wrong? I don't know what I'm doing. Like this looks ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And it's like outside looking in, it's like, Oh, well, I guess you just realized like the way that you do things works really well. <laughs> like yeah. you have a way that sells programs. <laughs> totally. It's it, yes. It's so interesting. And yeah, yeah, I totally felt like that in the moment. Yeah. And then just like when I got, and it's interesting because when we're in that mode, it's so easy to be like, I am wrong. I am bad. I'm not doing a good job. I must be fucking it up as opposed to like just getting in that more neutral energetic state and being like, after the fact, being able to be like, what didn't work here? What in, yeah. in more of a frequency of curiosity as opposed to like, I suck. And when we're in the frequency of I suck, um, it just doesn't do anything for anyone. Uh, it's why self-belief is so important. Cause when, you're, when your results and your reality can affect that self-belief, you're questioning everything versus like, okay, no, I, I know I know how to sell. I know I like, I know what I know what I'm doing. Like, so what's really going on? Let's look yeah. at it. So I love uh -huh. it. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you like all day. I know. <laughs> so good. We could, we could do like a full day extravaganza. Yes. So thank you so much. Everyone that's listening, Kate and I have been dabbling behind the scenes a little bit on bringing, um, one of my favorite projects I've ever got to do, which is million dollar mama. So keep an eye out for that coming later in the year. Um, but I'm like so excited to get to run that with you again and, and oh my God, on this in more depth. Ah, it's going to be so good. When we started talking earlier this year of like, yo, should we bring this back version two? Um, you know, like to now to the two under two edition. Um, I started, I went back and like, was like looking at all the content and I'm like, oh my God, this program is so amazing. So we are super pumped to bring that to you guys. It will be happening later this year. So definitely keep an eye out. If you want to know more about it, um, you can send either one of us a DM, but um, we will be talking about that in um, probably like the end of, I can't even remember when we said end of summer, beginning of fall around yeah. then. So keep an eye out guys. It's coming. Yes. I love how you said that instead of like version 2.0, version two under two. <laughs> we got to get that on the graphic or on the sales page. Exactly. I love it. Oh, so good. Amazing. Well, everyone definitely check out Kate. Um, we'll link everything below, but Kate, if you want to share a little bit about where people can follow you, maybe your podcast, um, definitely share that. 
Yeah, for sure, guys. So Instagram here is a great place to connect. I'm just here at Kate Scudder. Um, depending on when this episode goes out, I may or may not be out on maternity leave for my three to six weeks, but I'm also probably going to be doing Instagram stories during that time. So come say hi. Tell us, tell, I would love to hear, we would both love to hear from you if you listen to this, like what you really got out of this. I think it's yeah. so important for us as mamas to just like be in that honest communication with each other in that open loop. So definitely tell us what resonated the most. Um, I do have a podcast, Born to Rise. You can come check that out. I would love for you to, um, yeah, listen to that maternity leave episode if you are thinking about going on mat leave. Um, and there's probably going to be a lot more mama content coming in because it's just so alive in me, literally, right now. Um, so yeah, those are the two best places. Come hang out. You can go to my website. It's kate.co. Um, but social and the podcast are definitely the best places. So come say hi. Ah, amazing. Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.